Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. You are listening to the Build Your Network podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know, and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, if you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place, because this is the Build Your Network podcast. Before we get into today's show, I have to ask you a question. Have you tried booking big name guests for your podcast, your YouTube channel, virtual summit, blog, or other content that you have, but you're just getting lost in email hell, being locked out by gatekeepers and unable to confirm a solid date? Or maybe you want to bring more attention to your content or your business by being a guest on other people's shows, but you're just not sure how to formulate your pitch or get a hold of the right hosts. Trust me, as a top 25 business podcaster, I've been through it all too. And that is exactly the reason that I created Guestio. Guestio is an all-in-one tool dedicated to helping you streamline your guesting workflow and grow your audience through finding, booking, and managing the top-tier guests and shows that you actually want. Discover new guests and platforms, schedule interviews on your booking calendar, communicate seamlessly with our built-in messaging system, download an easily shareable press kit complete with bio, headshots, links, and anything else that you might need for your creation process, and manage all of that from one easy-to-use dashboard. That's right, you can book guests like Manny Pacquiao, Jordan Harbinger, Lori Harder, Brandon Turner, and many, many others without ever leaving Guestio. So if you are tired of being rejected and ignored by top guests and platforms and sick of using 12 tools just to manage your interview workflow, then you're going to want to head over to Guestio.com right now to sign up for your free account and start using Guestio today. That's Guestio.com, G-U-E-S-T. IO.com. It's time to build your network with Guestio. And now let's get back to the show. 
Hey everybody, and welcome back to another midweek mashup episode. My name's Eric, and I'm Travis's producer. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about something very challenging. Now, obviously, being an entrepreneur is a very difficult job. But you know what might be even harder is being a parent. And on some of the episodes that Travis has done, he's asked some of the top entrepreneurs, CEOs, business people, their tips for raising kids. And on this episode, I broke down three different episodes and pulled some clips where Travis gets some parenting advice. First up, we hear from Cody Sperber, who's widely acclaimed as one of the most successful real estate investors and leading educators in the U.S. today. Next up is Brant Pimvitic, television producer and author of The Three Minute Rule. And last up is Dean Graziosi, a multiple New York Times bestselling author, entrepreneur, and investor. So stay tuned for some really awesome parenting tips on today's episode of Build Your Network. It sounds like your your dad was always really um, um, instrumental in giving you the aids that you were looking for to continue going along the path that you wanted to go down. How has that affected your parenting and mm. and helped you become a um, like to instill the same types of lessons? Oh, in your I kids? love that question. Yeah, it. First off, he was uh, the perfect role model for me. Yeah, because my son Hudson is identical to how I was, really? but he's even smarter than I was. And um, it's going to be really interesting to how, see. How old is he? Uh, he's 10 right now. Okay. He's okay. 10 right now. And it's been so fun as a parent being able to do some of the things that my dad did with me, yeah. but take my spin on it and even take it to the next level. So like, same concept. You want to create, uh, he, we talk, we, we're big on language patterns in our house. <coughs> and you know we don't have certain words that we say, like we don't use the word can't, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm always talking to him about, okay, you want that? Let's create it, mm. right? So, um, doing the same thing with the contracts. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I'll front you the money. Let's go figure out a business model, and I'll work with him on modeling it all out. I bring him with me to all my rehab projects. He's been in a ton ton of our advertisements. In fact, my best converting ads over the last four years have had Hudson in them. Yeah, yeah, I've seen him. <laughs> yeah, and so he's just, uh, just through exposure and proximity, he's already, you know, wheel spinning, wanting to do certain things. Yeah. But at the same time, he has... A challenge that I never had hmm. and it's my challenge too because I'm trying to teach him the value of hard work and that daddy driving a Lamborghini is not normal hmm. and living in this house is not normal and what it takes to create this lifestyle and not to be you know one of those kids that is entitled totally really difficult so for funny me. I just had the same exact conversation with Dean Graziosi over at his office talking about the same stuff yeah um, and, is there anything that you do to try to make sure that they have that experience yeah absolutely um, so first off I'm a member of a, a local men's group called the Chandler compadres we raise millions of dollars every single year for underprivileged kids all here in Chandler Arizona hmm. and so I I force them to get involved in all of our charity work. Mm. And it's not charity work where you just give money. It's We're going to work. Yeah. We're going to deliver food. We're going to prepare food. We're going to deliver presents. We're going to help people you know, fix yeah. their houses up. Yeah. It's very hands-on. And so my kids have been very active in that. And um, there's probably not a month that goes by that we're not doing some kind of service like that back for our local communities yeah. just so they can see. Perspective. This is what... Yeah 
how some people have to survive. And right. this is why you're so lucky and you need to be grateful for all of this stuff. Right. And I'm also very strict about electronics around my kids. Okay. So um, my son loves to game. He's a, he's a gamer. Yeah. Not a football player. <laughs> he's into gaming. Yeah. And so we limit his, his electronics usage. I won't give my kids a cell phone. Mm. They're freaking out because all their friends want and have cell phones. Yeah, of course, yeah. And, you know, we're the... Just give, just give them a flip phone, see how, see how it goes. <laughs> well, we found a phone actually recently that is built for kids. So oh, really? So we might okay. try that out once um, he gets a little older, which all it can do is text and call. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. have any access to the internet or anything like that. Yeah. And so good. I, it's it, tough, though. I, if you have the... If you have anything, because I talk to Dean all the time about yeah. this. Me and him are really good friends, and this is pretty much what we... We don't talk about real estate. Yeah. We rarely talk about business. We talk about our families and stuff, and we can go for hours trying to just mastermind, like, how do we pull this off properly? Because yeah. that, that would be the worst failure of my life mm. if my kids don't know how to deal yeah. with... Took everything for granted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, the problem is, is that you genuinely have to take time on purpose to make sure that they don't feel that way because if you don't they'll default to that way because that's just how they grew up you know um so that's interesting i, I you know I, my son is he's eight months old right now so we're, that, that's why i'm starting to ask some of these questions because i'm very curious on yeah. on how a lot of other people are family going discussions it. we do we do a sunday family meeting okay where we sit around a table and, and it's no holds barred they yeah. can talk about drugs sex you know anything yeah. that they are hearing on the bus anything they hear with their friends yeah. any words like we we had to cover the other day the word rape mm. a kid on the bus brought up and they started screaming screaming the word rape for some reason and yeah. uh four or five kids got hauled off into the principal's office and that that opened up the conversation well what is rape yeah what is sex what is this right. what, like we go down this rabbit hole and it's like oh man 10 years old, that's about the right. time where they're going to start to get exposed to that. So totally. open-ended family discussions, get that consistent meeting yeah. where the kids know, even if they don't want to do it. Because the first, like, 10, they hated it. <laughs> hated it. They wanted to do anything but meet. And, and we'd be like, well, what, what do you guys want to talk about? Nobody would talk about anything. Yeah. But I didn't care because yeah. I just had to get the habit going. Right, right. It seems to be a lot about that trust barrier, too. Because I think that's why a lot of kids go get in trouble is because they just don't trust that their parents will react in a normal way if they expose them into what they're up to or what their mind is thinking about or what their friends were talking about. And they think that all these bad things are going to happen if they're honest with their parents. And it just creates this foundation of mistrust. Mm. Uh, from what I've, like, again, I'm, I'm a brand new parent. So I'm not, figure it out. not trying to judge anybody or anything, but that's just what I've seen and something that my wife and I are consciously going to be implementing um, when our son gets older is... Yeah. Just making sure that he trusts us completely. Yeah. That like we're not Travel ever with betraying them that. Take take them with you. Uh, man, Travel yeah. with them as much as possible. Just that exposure makes them interesting. Yeah. So I just became a parent about nine months ago. Yeah, um, congrats. Thank you. Um, his name is Cameron. And um, I, I was listening to a couple of, of your of your podcast episodes, just trying to prepare for this one. And it, it was the one that you brought your son on to talk oh, yeah. before uh, uh, Rob Lowe. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> and um, <laughs> I found I found his answers to be just compl- like 
when, when I when I heard his age, I, I, I had to go back and be like, how old was this kid again? Because right. his answers were just mind, like really, really good yeah. and super thoughtful. And it also blew my mind that it, at the end of it, you made sure to say like, look, we did not have a conversation prior to this. This is all him. Like we we didn't script this and nothing. Yeah. Right. Because I, I, I do have some parent friends who, you know, their kids would come on stage or they'll get on their podcast, but it's all scripted. They want yeah. them to sound awesome or whatever. Um, so I really respected that you just said like, let him talk. Yeah. But also his answers were amazing. So couple of questions selfishly sorry guys on my end uh, as a father yeah what what do you, what do you do um, in order to to instill that that desire because he obviously has a desire to go learn things himself without you having to like push him to be like go do this go yeah. do that go do that um ooh I'm sorry to burst your bubble but you can't <laughs> okay you know I got three kids they're all different I'm a crazy intense entrepreneur I've got one kid that wants to be a philosophy professor Hmm. it's it it doesn't work that way for whatever reason you can't transfer your desires to your kids and when you do i think when you try really hard you can get them to fake it for a little while but then they rebel as we've all seen Hmm. for me i was a very high intensity dad i felt like i could feel like i was winning if i did great dad stuff Hmm. and i'll give you a perfect example when this started and actually sort of set the tone for the rest of my life this one incident is I had all three kids. They were under six at the time. My wife wasn't feeling great. We were supposed to go to the beach. She's like, I'm not going to the beach. So let's find something else. And I was like, oh, but the kids want to go to the beach. So I decided to take all three of them to the beach by myself. Not an easy thing as a dad and kids that young. I had like, yeah, two, four, and six, I think. Mm. Maybe even younger. So as I'm driving there, I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be torture. (laughs) And then I just remember thinking to myself, you know what? What if Jeff Probst had showed up at the parking lot and said, okay, you're on Kid Survivor, and your job for the next three hours is to take these kids to the water, get them, have fun, feed them, bring them back, clean them up, and have a great time. And if you do that, you win the prize. Could I rally if it was a contest? Yeah, yeah. If there was a big prize in the line? And, and, and I was like, I totally could do that. So for the next three and a half hours, I was competing as if there was a million dollars in the line. Yeah chasing these kids around, get them in the water, changing, having food, making jokes, having fun, yeah. like doing fun stuff, like just having the time of my life. And I don't remember if I was having fun doing this stuff, but I know I was like feeling kind of accomplished, you know, like if you're doing sure. a Tough mutter run, right. you'd be like, yeah, I just got a <laughs> great time. I'm crushing right this, right? <laughs> well, it is, again, a caveman, yeah. that, that I could do that. So I'm loading these kids back up in the car and these, three, these two women come over and they're like, I'm sorry, we, we don't mean to interrupt, but we've been watching you all day. And we just have to say, you're like the greatest dad we've ever seen. That was amazing watching you. I, we just couldn't resist. And I was just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I started developing that habit yeah. of, hey, I go to work. Hey, I come home. Like, if I'm going to go dad mode, it's like, out comes the Full cape. out, yeah. And I treat Phil it. Dunphy dad yeah, mode. Yeah, and I yeah. feel like, okay, we're going to crush it. Right. So that was good. But there's a trade-off for that. Okay, my dad did not make up, wake up every day trying to figure out how to make me happy. Okay, my dad couldn't care less what I was going through on a day to day basis if it was just normal teenage stuff, right? Like his job was to educate me, prepare me, all those things for life. I'm in the mode of let's make this kid's life as easy as possible. Now, there's some great things to that. If you met my oldest son, you'd be like, he is the nicest, kindest, most generous, amazing kid ever not likely he'll be the next Steve Jobs. Hmm. Not likely he's going to be Elon Musk because he just hasn't been born with that 
fear of failure, right. of tough love, of figure it out for yourself or else. He will not be like, if I don't get a job, I can't eat. Yeah. Like there's a gift to poverty. There's a gift to hard times that parents today will not be able to give their kids. Now, I don't know what that's going to manifest itself, but mm. your best chance is just get lucky. Yeah. Do, do the best you can and get lucky. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some people need that, mm. you know, that's what propelled me in a lot of ways. It's probably what propelled you, but yeah. we're, I've lost that with mm. my kids and you'll probably lose that with yours because that's, that's the way our society is now. That's interesting. Yeah. So I, good luck. I, <laughs> yeah. Appreciate that, man. Yeah. Um, the contest thing that, I mean, that, that hits home for me for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I, that's definitely something to, well, and, I and, train, and you look at the prize too. It's obviously much better than a million dollars. Yes. But I train people to do that in my high intensity and high performance series. And I've worked with professional athletes and I coach teams is I train people how to do that in every situation in their life, like to, to get your body used to winning situations. Hmm. And I, this great exercise, if your audience is going to go out to lunch today or whatnot, if the waitress had a contest, who was the best customer today? What would be, who enjoyed their lunch the most? Yeah. And there was a contest and she was giving away a $10,000 prize. What would you do to, to win or yeah. get in the running? Right. How would you act? How would you speak? What would you look like? How would you sit in your chair? How would you talk to her when we came, when she came there? Okay. Mm. If it was a genuine contest, you act a certain way. Yeah, totally. And your body and brain physiologically doesn't know the difference if it's a real contest or you just think it is. It doesn't know if there's a prize or not, right? And so it isn't about that moment. It's about training your physiological makeup to be in that mode more often. Oh, I'm going to win something. Yeah. I'm going to win a situation. Bang, here I am. Watch me crush it. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to pick up my car at valet. Dude, if this guy was given prizes for the best valet customer, I would, I'd be in the top three for sure. <laughs> right? You can train yourself yeah, to right. do that. You won't do it all day, every day, but you do it more often when you really want that attitude, when you want to bring something, now your body's used to it. That's why professional athletes practice as hard as right. they play right? because they need to be in intense mode. You can't build the habit of half-assing right. something. That's right. Yeah. And if you look at the rest of your life, if you're someone who performs well at, at the office or per performs well in an athletic situation, the rest of your life is probably half-ass. Hmm. And if you don't think that rest of your life being half-ass and average affects your time when you want to be non-average, like you're crazy. It hmm. does. Not just up on the practice court, not just at the office, everywhere you are normal and average, that's what the rest of your life wants to be. Yeah. It's like average is chasing you down. It's a force. It's, it's like a gravity, force. Yeah. And you got to practice it and you can do it in any way. If you go to, if you go to the movies, you're like, if there was a prize for who enjoyed this movie the most, what would I do differently? How would I sit in my chair? How would I act? And like just those little exercises hmm. make a difference. And I'll do it sometimes just driving. Okay. The next three miles, if the Lord himself came down and awarded a prize, <laughs> eternal life, to whoever drove these next mi three miles the best yeah. and enjoyed it the most, what would I have to do? And and I guarantee people are listening to that. And I, it's like, close your eyes, think how you'd drive. Yeah. Think how you'd be. It, at home, when you're thinking about it, your chest fills up. Yeah, and like I do just, this on stage and I will have yeah. a thousand a people. Of, yeah. I could see them rising in their seats. <laughs> I could see the smiles because I've told them we're going to have a who walks the next seven steps the best. We're going to have a contest. Yeah. And I say, okay, but I need you to think about it. I don't, you can't come up here to do the contest and try to think about what you're going to do. And there's too many people. You got to know. So let's just take 15 seconds and picture how you're going to walk these seven steps. Yeah. Seven steps to $1,000. And of course, everybody's picturing themselves with their stroll or whatever. And they're all smiling. Yeah. And they're laughing. It's like, okay, we're not doing the contest, but you just see the point. <laughs> yeah.
I'm not giving you a thousand dollars. Your boss is too cheap. That's usually my joke, but yeah. <laughs> that's perfect. So talk to me about a couple like practical things for all the parents out there and for me and my wife. What, what are a couple practical things, ways yeah, that so you help, help your kids? You have to find it. ways. And I'm, I'm not perfect at it, but I literally get counseling and I work on it. And like this week, I just made a deal with them. I picked 20 personal growth books, my personal favorites. They're mm. 11 and 13. Plus, I have a baby on the way. How, about, oh, how crazy is oh, that? Wow. Yeah, I'm going to have a, Congrats, a brand new baby Congrats. in three months from wow. now. At 51, back into diapers, Ooh. baby. Um, <laughs> uh, but... Um, Like this week, I just picked 20 of my favorite personal growth books that I thought were okay for 11 and 13 year old to Mm. read that they, and I offered him 50 bucks a book. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent Fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at Indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to Indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Right? Got it. Um, I have Sunday meetings with them since they were three years old and talking, teaching them how to find gratitude. You know, at three, they're running around and it might mm. not be perfect. It's not, it's always messy, dude. Yeah, but, yeah. but here's what I know. I talked to my kids like they were two years older their entire life mm. and we grew into it. Like every time I'm like, I wonder if they're getting it. A circumstance or something would come up and they'd get it. And I'd be like, amazing. damn, that was something I put in there, stuff that I learned. So don't underestimate your kids. I've talked to my kids about drugs, about sex, about... Um, how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen. I talked to my kids about porn since they were eight years old mm. because all I know when things are taboo, if you remember the parents that were most strict, they were usually the kids that derailed the totally. hardest. Totally. Do you remember that? The, yeah. the, the boys and the girls with the worst reputation were the parents that were like, you be home at nine and they're sneaking out the back window. Mm. So I, I, I found a different approach. Um, I took a lot of the things that went wrong in my childhood and instead of just trying to guess, I, I hired consultants. I, I interviewed 50 people that I thought were great parents over the last 15 years. Mm. 
again, I, I put everything out in the open. I built trust as the foundation of our relationship yeah. that they could tell me anything, even if it's a total mess up, and they have, and we've been able to talk through it. But as far as building hunger, that's the hardest one of all of them. And what I figured, what I found a way to do is do it through them wanting stuff and working for it, them having chores to work through it, them being on sports teams and letting them know that, you know, uh, winners win, uh, winners practice when no one's watching. They win mm. when no one's watching, right? Yeah. So mm. I got my kids to learn that practice and hard work is how people win. They love going to a game. They're both pitchers and they both do really, really well. Yeah. They love that. I said, that doesn't happen at games. That happens when no one's watching in the backyard when you're friends. And I talk about successful people. They worked when other people partied and drank. And so it's like, it's an obsession of mine. Yeah. And what I know is I don't have the ability to just give them hardship. They don't live in a little house and they don't, right? So, right, right. so now I have to create ways for them to, to fail. Yeah. I have to create ways for them to struggle. I have to create ways for them to feel like I got to do this on my own. To have that back yeah. against the wall. Yeah, it, yeah, because it's really what drives all of us, you yeah. know? And, and I have to tell you, at a young age, so going back to your question, um, eight, nine years old, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I, I got to do more. There's more for me. Everybody's wrong. Yeah. Like, but I, I didn't really understand it, but I remember this. I remember my Uncle Larry, when I was really young, 8, 10, 12 years old, my Uncle Larry said, what are you going to do when you're older? I said, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to have money. <laughs> yeah. and, and he said, why? And I said, because I want to I make it so my mom doesn't work so hard. It wasn't for mm. fancy Lamborghini or for me. I just want my mom to kick, like, she'd come home tired and her knuckles would hurt from cutting hair and painting and yeah. sweeping floors and, and her back would hurt and her legs would hurt and... And uh, feet would hurt. And I'm saying, this is, this, there's got to be more. And I realized a couple of things. Uh, again, stop me anytime because I can just no, keep no, going on. Yeah. But I remember at a young age, I equated really young that hard work had nothing to do with success. Hmm. It had to be hard work in the right area because yeah. my dad worked his ass off in a collision shop, worked yeah. on cars every day, grease under his nails, come home with headaches because of fumes of painting cars. My mom worked three jobs. Neither one of them had a pot to piss in, yeah. right? So I, I realized at a young age, man, that it just wasn't, it was working hard in the right way. There was a disconnect. Yeah, there was a disconnect. Like, yeah. again, I don't know, I wasn't, I, I, I wouldn't have explained this elegantly as a 10-year-old. Right, right, right. But I might have said something like, you know, if you, and maybe this is even too fancy, but it's as simple as if you practice every day with a bad golf swing, right. it doesn't make you a better golfer. It doesn't matter how hard you work, practice every day until someone comes along and says, sorry, you're holding it wrong. Sorry, right. you got to stand this way. Your feet are at an angle. Then practice that. Right. That's a baseball good. bat. That's a baseball bat. <laughs> right. yeah, that, yeah, that's a crowbar. Right. Like, you're never going to get good. Right. That's yeah. funny, yeah. Travis, but it's true. And I equated that, but I didn't really know what to do. I just remember my Uncle Larry said to me, um, and I never felt smart because I had dyslexia, so I always struggled reading. Mm. Yeah. So when you're always the last in class, when you're always in special ed, man, I just, I hated it. I wanted out. Yeah. Um, but I remember my Uncle Larry saying, uh, well, if you want to be successful, Dean, what college are you going to go to and what's your career and what, where are you going to try to get a job? And I, I swear to God, I don't know what it was, but I remember saying, I'm not doing any of that. Hmm. I'm, not doing, I'm watching my mom and dad have jobs. It ain't working for them, yeah. right? So it really was at a young age. So from God, the universe, something I saw on TV, yeah. um, something shifted it and I knew that I had to do more. And, and again, just knowing from that kid, I moved into my dad when I was 13. I ended up working with him in his collision shop and his auto sales. And again, watched him work really hard. I knew there was a better way. And at a young age, I was smart enough. I was going to say I'm smart. I was lucky enough. Let's just get it. <laughs> let's get it right. Our stories evolve and change, <laughs> yeah, right? Right, right? I was lucky enough to see dad's working hard. He's miserable all the time. Right. Gets mad easy. Yells fist fights with people. Doesn't have money. And then I met some other people that were the same age or a little older than my dad. Totally. And yeah. they were doing cool, man. They right. were like... 
they were the wealthiest people in my tiny town. Yeah. And they seemed calm. Like I'd meet them and go, hey, you're a good young kid. And like I'd do something. And just it was just different. I don't know how to yeah. explain it. It was like this, this sense of inner peace. Totally, but yeah. they had money. So I just remember thinking, I want to do more of what those guys do. Well, that's it for today's episode. If you want to connect with me and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapel.com slash group to join my free Facebook group, The Lounge. I'll see you over there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.